Are you guys ready up there? Alright. Alright, quiet on the set. Welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies. My name is Blake, and I'm hosting for this uh, this uh, 420 edition Adventures in Movie podcast. And uh, I'm always joined by a couple fellows here. Um, one of them, the uh, editor over at AIPT, movie editor, that is. Uh, and he once got so high at a Fish concert that he actually liked the music. Patrick, what's up, buddy? Holla at your boy. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Uh, and the other, the other fine gentleman here, uh, an artist, uh, and a good one at that. Uh, but once he got so high that he drew a blank. Danny, what is up, buddy? <laughs> God damn it, that was good. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, Blake? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm keeping it chill, keeping it real chill. Not real hype, as the kids say. I'm real chill. So uh, are you um, are you lit? Uh, I'm lit. I'm always lit, and you know I'm I'm lit on life these days, man. I'm just I'm trying to maintain a, a very high plane of existence, so to speak. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's not a bad idea considering what's going on in the world today. Um, I mean, we're already. Uh, it seems like we haven't been in quarantine for a long time, but I guess it has been a while. But I mean, they're already talking about reopening and different parts of this uh, state or country of ours so uh be interesting to see what happens next <laughs> i don't get the the rush out to it either to, it's like it's been five weeks right i think since it was mostly for everybody um, yeah i mean that is a long time it is i'm not saying it's not i mean uh you know i i saw the uh protests about like you know we still have our rights and stuff it's like no one took anyone's rights away they just want you to be safe you know yeah. <laughs> like, Kind of, kind of taking this a little far. Yeah, I think it's any excuse somebody can get on a soapbox. They'll, you know, it's just a bunch of examples of you know using what's at hand to your advantage, whether it be good. Do or bad. you think? Do you think this would have happened? Because I mean, I blame this. You know, because the world is shrunk. Technology is like totally shrunk our world. If Corona had happened in. I don't know, the mid 80s, and we weren't all you know, on message boards and social media stirring each other up. Do you think there would be all these protests about, you know, <laughs> reopen my, my state? I need to go out and hang out with 50 people right now. Yeah. I, in the 80s? Man, that's tough. I don't know about in the 80s. The 80s were weird because we had, I guess, the 80s. <laughs> the 80s had AIDS, right? That's when yeah, AIDS popped yeah. up. And that, so, and that scared the shit out of everybody. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like I eight remember. years old, and yeah, it was yeah. Ryan White, everybody watched that fucking documentary, and, and there was yeah, I, I, I wasn't drinking from water fountains. <laughs> yeah, well, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. I still exactly. don't use the toilet in public. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> not going to touch the blood on the toilet in the public bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. I'm going to look at it, take a picture, but <laughs> share it with my friends. <laughs> no, nah, we're in weird times. It's a, it's officially weird. There will be a yeah, second wave. Yeah, second wave. But anyway, so there is some news, guys. Some good news. What's up with the last driving? Ah, last driving coming. Uh, let's see. So we're recording on a Wednesday, so it hasn't come out yet. But you're probably listening to us on a Saturday, or if you're a subscriber, you may be listening to this during the commercials of the last uh, last driving. Um, but uh, yeah, premieres this Friday with uh, Darcy, the male girl, and a uh, special guest, Le Champion. Uh, Lionheart, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Chris well, Jericho will be there. Special guest, Chris. You know, I actually, I kind of, I like Chris Jericho. Like, I, I, he, I find him to be like a lovable doofus. Like, he's like my you older know, brother. Uh, I always thought was kind of shit, but I always liked him anyway. I, uh, I, I've, I've, I think Chris Jericho is hilarious. But uh, people always talk about how uh, Chris Jericho. He seems like, uh, like a really smart guy. He's a smart wrestler, and I always like, like that's a really low bar. Like being a smart wrestler, is a, I mean, but he does seem like a, he's funny as hell though. So it'll be he is uh, funny. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it without a doubt. Oh, yeah, I, I can't wait for less driving. It's like definitely something I'm looking forward to. Um, 
HBO Max. Hey. Actually, I don't know what this is. What is this? Well, before we go into HBO Max, do you want to okay. toot our horn? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I completely uh, forgot. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Joe Bob gave uh, AIPT a a shout out on a commercial that he did on social media. Um, was us decider and Entertainment Weekly. Um, Read, he read off a, um, an excerpt from uh, an article that was written, and he talked about the site for quite a while. Actually, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, if you're, I, cool. I remember watching Joe Bob from Matt Monster Vision back in the '80s. So, like, yeah, uh, it was super, super, super awesome. But uh, was it not uh, our own very own Regina's quote? Was it? <laughs> it was yeah, Regina's article. Yes. Too. Um, so. Yeah, she's a longtime fan of of Joe Bob, and uh, the reason she wrote the article is uh, she actually was in a really like she wasn't in a good place mentally. She had some, awful, like not some good things happen at work, and uh, she just threw on the last drive-in. She just was like, "I just gotta watch something fun," and like the article just came to her about how it, you know, um, what was her line about it saving humanity, and it proves that there still are some nice things in life. So uh, yeah, his <laughs> Joe Bob. Uh, Help someone's mental state for at least a couple of hours, which yeah. is good. It's a good thing to do. Hey, that's what entertainment's all about, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like this HBO Max thing. Not <laughs> 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 that other part. Oh uh, yeah. I was gonna say so, like so we, we kind of do the same thing. Yeah, and and us and us, we absolutely bring. Even if you you know have the temerity to give us a thumbs down on YouTube, yeah. we still do bring. The, the chuckles and, and the entertainment so um we don't care but fuck you but um <laughs> we're not hurt <laughs> uh hbo max i was gonna ask because I, I don't know if you knew this danny but um i think you had tweeted it was on april 1st because you asked if it was an april fool's joke or it was but um they mentioned about releasing the snyder cut i, I didn't follow up with that are they actually going to have that on hbo max I or did. i think that was a april fool's thing because i don't think that was a blue check mark uh, as I mentioned last time, so HBO Max is going to be a new subscription service from Warner Brothers or HBO, and um, and everything that's owned by uh, AT and T essentially. So if you have AT and T Directv, I guess Directv uh, is owned by AT and T, you'll get that for free, and they'll have a slew of entertainment. So you'll have all the Studio Ghibli movies, which to me was a big shock. Because that's distributed by uh, Disney. Uh, you're going to have all the friends, uh, sh- the show, not your friends. You should stay six feet apart. Um, you'll have all the, obviously, all the WB superhero movies from um, the Snyder Batmans, or actually, he's not, he hasn't done it in Batman. Uh, the Snyder Justice League, uh, all the everything Aqualad. else. Aqualad. Aqualad. Uh, all the DC superhero stuff is going to be there. You're going to have new content from Looney Tunes. So they're trying to copy the model of Disney Plus here. It, I don't, I I still don't think Of course, the Disney fanboy (laughs) says they're trying to copy the Disney model that Netflix invented like 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just saying with the whole like having new content, like from, right. Because like, Disney has new Mickey Mouse shorts, or they have shorts. Uh, you know, they're trying trying to do this thing, but I, I mean, okay, okay, I'm interested. But the same, the only thing that's going to be exclusive to this will be brand new shows that are not going to be shown on HBO, and none of those have really like tickled my fancy just yet. Uh, I think what there's going to be. I, I honestly, I haven't seen. What do they have coming out? I, honestly, I don't. I know there's going to be a show from Reese Witherspoon, Andrew Kendrick, who's who. I feel like Andrew Kendrick is kind of like hitting every streaming service. She had that new that Christmas movie on Disney Plus. She had some show on Quibi. Uh, she has she has this thing. I'm pretty sure she's on YouTube right now doing something with YouTube. Um, God, God forbid the woman work. God no, forbid. God, I love her work. <laughs> I just feel like she's on everything right now, and I'm like, all right, let's tone it down. I like you, uh, but I want to see less. I want to like go on to a see break. more of her, to be honest. <laughs> I want to go on a break. I, I've been too much on the Andrew Kendrick kick this past month. Uh, Thank you so much, Andrew Kendrick. And if you're listening, please go with a thumbs up. She's not. She's not. She's Don't, not. Worry Don't worry about it. Okay, uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. It comes out at the end of May the 20th, so it's Memorial Weekend. 
if you know if the country hasn't like come up by that time or states haven't come up open you know it's gonna be a great time you know <laughs> we hope so yeah. uh so the batman uh, apparently it's got a release date and that's news so what's up with that <laughs> Uh, that's coming out uh, June of 2021, I believe, uh, as of right yeah. now. I, th- I, yes. I think that's what it was. June. Okay, so this is the first time we've got a release date for it, or this is a pushback? I think I got uh, This is the first release forward. date. Is it a pushback? Oh. It got pushed forward. Pushed so forward? Hey, he's yeah. bucking the trends. Yeah, oh. so it, it was going to be released. Fuck you, Corona. <laughs> yeah. So they were going to be coming out in October. And... October yeah, so then they pushed it, they put, they moved it forward to June to make it a summer movie. And then with that, I believe with the coronavirus and all the craziness that's happening this year, Venom 2, There Will Be Carnage, gets I love pushed. the name. That's I love it too. Title. I fucking really love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, gets pushed I like back. it too. And you know, uh, Ven- Venom's funny because I actually, I-, I saw the name, I was like, wow, that's a cool name. And then it took me a while to realize, like, oh, wait. Woody Harrelson actually comes at the end of the first one. And that's what that's all about. Yeah. I I like that movie, but I totally forgot about it. So ah, Upgrade is better. Upgrade, oh, it's the same principle. Upgrade is a better movie. It's much better. Very, much yes. better. Yeah. Yes. Very much yes. the same principle. Yeah. And same kind of act looking actors too. Very you know what? They're like indistinguishable yeah. to me. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell them apart usually. But Tom Hardy uh, and Logan Marshall, something is that? Yeah, he's from uh, Prometheus, right? Oh, you know what? I like Prometheus. Sidebar. <laughs> let's let's stand the sidebar because hey, someone had time, to. That first time that I saw Prometheus was not a great a great moment. Yeah, and seeing it for whatever the next alien or the the alien movie that we got. Yeah. I, this is not a bad movie. It's really good. <laughs> What's her face from uh, Numi Rapace? Is that her Numi? Is that is that how you say her name? She was from the girl with the dragon tattoo. She's uh-huh. awesome. I fuck. I'm just a big. I, I'm a fanboy of hers. So I guess that's why. But anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about that other stuff later. Uh, Pat, you've been watching stuff. Tell me about Rising. I High. have been. I have been. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Rising High. Uh, it seems like it would fit into the 420 thing, but it actually really doesn't. It's a. Uh, oh. It's like the German version of Wolf of Wall Street. It's about this. Um, this. <laughs> Uh, this this young kid, he's a penniless, and he decides to create this real estate scam. And uh, it's it's cool, it's good, it's uh, but it, it's super typical. It has you know the slow motion shots of parties and strippers and heavy drug use. Uh, the scam, it's uh, it's pretty far fetched. I mean, it's 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 a little too. The problem with the movie, and I I enjoyed it because it's super short and has this like fast paced like German. Euro beat techno <laughs> crap, like Last so. Word? It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Except not cool. <laughs> I, don't... I just pictured uh... German night at the Roxbury. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. And there are a bunch of pretty people in this, in the, uh, much like the guys from the Roxbury. <laughs> um, yeah, Chris Kattan. Ooh wee. Yeah. What a what a Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, uh, it's uh, it's really fast. That um, there's no tension because if they like, that's the thing with these, like, scam movies. Like, the whole thing is, like, is this when they get caught? Is this when they get caught? And this one, it's, like, after the second time, you realize, like, well, it's not that they get caught. They get away with it, like, super easy. Like, and they tell you straight out, like, the the main guy, like, it's not that he's really smart. Uh, he's not really clever. He's not really sneaky. He just is charming. And he can lie to you to your face. And he can just, like, he can convince someone to give him a million dollars just by talking to them. But he doesn't say anything. Like, he doesn't come up with any outrageous screen scheme or anything. He's just that charming. So it's hmm. kind of, it's not it's not as fun as it should be. Like, I mean, charm is a part of being a cat burglar or, like, Thomas Crown and all that. But uh, they're also really wily and smart and sneaky. And he doesn't really have any of that. He's just a cokehead who is charming. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fun for it's what like it is. It's like limitless, but uh, the drug is coke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. It's, it's limitless in Germany on cocaine, basically. <laughs> so um, I got to see a couple of uh, uh, Netflix movies. So I saw um, kind of ventured into Danny's territory. I saw The Willoughbys, which is based on a children's book about a family with a titular name. But um, it's a computer uh, – animation is awesome. It's this computer animated uh, movie, but it has these like – 
uh, I don't know, old school charm to it. Like there's lots of still shots. Uh, it almost has a stop motion quality to it. Like you're watching, you know, Gumby or Mr. Bill and all that stuff. Oh, it's kind but, of unique. Uh, I just looked it up. Yeah, it's got a really unique look. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool. It's super cool. And the story, it's about um, oh, the Willoughby kids. <laughs> That's actually part of the story. Cool. Like they they all have grow magnificent mustaches, even the girls in the family. But, um, awesome. The current generation of willoughby's their parents are just horrible so they decide like you know what let's uh let's send them on a vacation and we'll run things and we'll have a perfect life we'll bring the family back to its former prominence and uh it's kind of to and then you know they learn about family and friends except it takes these twists they're super interesting they're they're really like you know at the end you're expecting for you know the brother and the sister who kind of have this power struggle that they're going to come together and then that they're going to overcome that and you figure that the the family that um or the parents that are really mean and ignore them and treat them awful you figure that at the end they're going to learn a lesson and the whole family's going to come and some of that stuff happens, but a lot of that stuff does not happen the way you – but it's not mean-spirited. It's a really funny movie. Adults will like it. Kids will love it. Um, the only thing that I – great voice acting. Like it's just really good across the board. The only thing that I noticed is that there was a song that they uh, – the young – the let's see. There's four kids. The daughter, Willoughby, uh, she kept singing a song, and you, that's the song that they really wanted to get over. It just wasn't catchy at all. <laughs> so, like, not at all. But, I mean, the movie is great. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Really cute characters, which is important for that kind of movie. Like, memorable characters and every single character. Like, super, super fun. So, I really enjoyed it. It's visually funny to me. So, like, it makes me want to watch it. Just because, yeah. it, like, it looks cool. It looks funny. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth the time. Definitely. Like, um, I'm... Uh, I, uh, I I was surprised. I, I was kind of thinking it would be really generic, kind of like I thought it would be fun, but nothing too great. But yeah, it was really, good. really, really, really good. Is this um, out already? Uh, let's see. I think it came out on Wednesday. Okay. So okay, cool. The twenty second. Oh, was that today? today? Right? Yeah. 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 yeah that's sorry, right. that's my days because I, I watched it like a couple of days back, and then uh, I saw um, Circus of Books, which is uh, a documentary about a family, a Jewish family. Who in their they live in uh, California and and West Hollywood in the sixties. If you know what has West Hollywood means in the sixties, and you kind of already know what direction this is going to go in, but um, it's a a family that runs a bookstore. They're a normal family. Their kids go to a um, Bible study. Everything seems cool. Uh, the bookstore is actually a hardcore gay porn shop. Um, <laughs> Nice. The store the store starts just selling like a hustler magazine. They kind of expand to selling hustler and um, gay magazines. And then they expand to becoming the hardest uh, hardcore gay porn production company in the world by the 80s. Wow. Um, but they're just living this life. Like they're just normal people. Like you would not give them a second look if they if you walked by them on the street. <laughs> and they don't tell their friends about it. Their kids kind of – they, in high school, they, they they pick it up for sure, but like they never outright tell the kids what's going on there. It's good. It's it's interesting. The stuff about the store is super interesting. The wife, she interviewed like Larry Flint back in the day because uh, she was a journalist before she got into the store. Wow. So she had done a lot of she had interviewed a lot of people. Um, it's interesting to watch her when she's older because they 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 go on a visit with her when she goes to like a, a convention where they sell adult toys. And she's like picking out what to sell in the store and stuff. And uh, she talks about how, you know, she like she's actually not cool with overt sexuality at all. Like she hates pornography. <laughs> oh, it's kind of interesting to watch her to go and shop for like dildos and cock rings. <laughs> Man. But, um, I worked in a porno shop for a very short period of time. And it's a very unique experience. You see every walk of life and you would be totally surprised by what people are into. I'll just say that. Don't ever judge, yeah, they, judge a book by its cover. They kind of get into it. They, they they briefly get in, and that's one of the issues with the documentary. It's super interesting, but it does get a little bit all over the place. It's uh, When it deals with the history of the store, really interesting. When it touches on the family, uh, especially the um, the Masons, the, the husband and wife, very, very interesting. Um, the documentary is directed by the daughter. There's two sons and a daughter. It's directed by the daughter. And it starts showing a bunch of um, home videos, like shot on a camcorder. 
And I think that's the vibe she was going for. But what happens is there's – when they're talking about the store, there's a lot of informational – like there's interviews with Larry Flint, like multiple interviews with like uh, talking heads on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's very informational and to the point. And then it will kind of all of a sudden segue to her like asking her dad like, oh, man, in the 80s it was crazy with AIDS. Like do you know of any porn stars who died? And it's super clumsy, you know? It, right. It's like a weird <laughs> – yeah, it just it it kind of throws it off. She she does write the ship towards the end, but at that point they're on a totally different topic. Mm-hmm. Um, if they had stuck with just the story, I think it would have been much much. But it was good as it was. Don't get me wrong, but uh, a little bit all over the place. Um, and then I saw the uh, second season of uh, I saw the first two episodes of the second season of What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, hilarious! Uh, <laughs> if if you it picks up from where the last season left off. I guess I won't get too much into spoilers, but uh, anyone who watched this, the the first season remembers that Guillermo, um, uh, the familiar... Uh, Danny! Uh, Danny. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> his, his whole dream was to become a vampire, and he's kind of disenchanted by how he's being treated uh, at the end of the season, and he, he learns something about his family history that's a huge twist and is incredibly shocking to him. That story continues along with problems they've had with the vampire uh, council. Council because uh, they uh, they were sentenced to they had a pretty tough sentence that they got out of, and the vampire con- council is pretty pissed off about that. So it's kind of continuing from there. And the first two episodes are uh, they're really funny. <laughs> it's just a, it's a it's a silly show, but um, yeah, it's good. It's really good. So uh, I'm glad you reminded uh, me of it. Definitely going to finish it up now and continue. It's on. yeah, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Um, the final thing I wanted to talk about is, and I, I've talked about this three weeks running, but I am absolutely fascinated by The Sopranos, like, and <laughs> and I don't mean like quality wise. I mean quality wise, it's great. But this show is, um, and I, you know, last week I talked about the trippiness of it and stuff. Like, I've watched I don't know how many episodes in the past couple of days, but I've seen an episode that had um, just randomly subtitles would be in it. I saw an episode with talking fish in it. I saw an episode that started with Tony Soprano on the floor and then proceeded to play backwards. Uh, I saw episodes with weird, like that, what is it, fish island shots and vending machines going crazy. Like, this show is, no, it's, it fascinates me how it, the stuff that it does. It uh, one, one episode, every, like, 20, 25 seconds, it would cut like it was going to a commercial. Like, it would just cut to black all of a sudden, which, cool. without getting too much into spoilers, like, that's... You know, if you're a fan of The Sopranos, then that probably isn't that impressive to you. It might even piss you off to think about it cutting to black. But um, <laughs> it's it's just a crazy, crazy show. And like the the mob stuff is it's it's the acting is great, story is great, super sad. Some of the stuff that happens incredibly funny. But I'm just it's um <laughs> I, I don't like using this word, but it's it's a really artsy television. Show. <laughs> what season but, are you uh, on? Um, I just started season three. Now I'm like halfway through season three. I think, um, yeah, uh, what's her name? Janice, Tony's sister, is uh, up to her old schemes after she had to go on the lam for a while. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the the season two finale is uh, is just it's bonkers with uh, crazy dream sequences, and that's the one with talking fish and people floating in the air and Tony Soprano lighting himself on fire after dousing himself in gasoline and uh, a woman with one leg having her leg stolen. It's just a, a weird, <laughs> weird show. I'm sure there's people who have written about the the strangeness of this show, but I mean, it's it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, I, that's nothing new. Everyone's talked about it. It's like one of the greatest shows ever. Or whatever. When was but, the uh, last episode? That was a while ago now. It was a while back, yeah. 2012, maybe? Holy shit. God, that seems like I'm it was yesterday. You, like, yeah, it's crazy. And I'm, like this re like I remember it as being this, you know, mob drama that was, you know, pretty funny and uh had, it was very violent. And I don't and I remember dream sequences and flashbacks, but I don't remember it being to the level that it is. Like it's there's episode there I mean, the season two finale, it takes you a while to realize what's real and what's not. This of uh, there's and there's all these sub, there's these clues that it gives you throughout the the episode with the subtitles. I have no idea what was going on there. Like it would just randomly have subtitles when people were talking. No idea. Um, one episode had this weird mix of the police with um, spy music, like James Bond type music in it. Like it's just a strange show. <laughs> it's mm, well, I, I, how far are you till the end? How close to you are you to finishing it? Like halfway through it. It's only six. Halfway seasons. through. Oh, okay. All right. We'll get to the end when yeah. you get to the end. I want to talk about it again. Yeah. The end, <laughs> I, 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 
I remember the ending very well because, uh, but um, yeah, well, Regina's like never watched the show at all. So. Oh shit! All this is first time for her, and there's stuff that like um, there was an episode with I totally didn't remember that there was an episode with a with a pretty violent rape in it, and I just not remember that episode at all. So I, don't, I guess I'd never seen it before, but it has just weird angles and like kind of uncomfortable close-ups and weird zooms and. And that that has a crazy dream sequence with a with a vending machine going mad, kind of like Maximum Overdrive. Like, <laughs> Sorry. it's yeah, it's it's all about the mind and everything. So I guess it, it does make sense. But the show is just yeah, I didn't remember it being like that. But it's super good. But I mean, I don't have to recommend The Sopranos. I think everybody <laughs> on the planet has <laughs> recommended Sopranos. I haven't seen The Sopranos yet, and every time that you talk about it, I feel like I need to get on this train. I know this is very classic show and it's what essentially changed television but man like you talk talk about it with like so much like like love and now i feel like man i'm just fucking wasting my time watching like boring ass tv oh uh, speaking of love and, oh, i forgot <laughs> I did watch one. speaking of love and hbo shows so i saw the finale of the plot against america and um uh, it, it's good uh, it's only six episodes so i won't get too much into it but i'll just leave it at on on playstation they have a uh, an ad for HBO now and the ad that they have on there it has two things on it it's um they're both David Simon shows it has the plot against America which is his most current thing and they have the wire which is like the greatest thing that's ever been on that channel or any channel ever so. right uh, but the plot against America it's 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 up there with with that it's some of his better stuff it ain't the wire but then you know what is right what is you're right yeah that's another thing i'm probably gonna just like kind of like slowly get into uh but things that i finally finished uh it's so weird like quarantine like just kind of like everything kind of like rolls off like rolls on and uh this is a show that came back in march i just talked about it last week dollface starring cat dennings and uh a bunch of like her her female friends uh I really liked this show a lot. I thought it was a really, really fun, quirky show. Uh, and and I, I shouldn't insult it by saying quirky. It's a w- really well-made show uh, where it shows you to be, how it is to be a modern feminist and how to be friends when you kind of lost connection. Uh, as I mentioned last week, you don't really see these kind of roles like with, with these like women, like these very like powerful women, and you usually get this kind of like, a guy in a breakup type of thing. And, what about uh, designing women? I've never seen that. What is that? Oh, bro, Delta Burke. <laughs> Delta Burke, like she ruled that place with an. Oh iron my fist. god! Three snaps really? in a nope. circle for Delta Burke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never seen this. No, no, no. <laughs> um, you're welcome. Let's just say you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, ahead All right, of time. I I will uh, write that down right now. Uh, <laughs> this is a show that I can see with my girlfriend. Oh yeah. Okay. Perfect. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, it's and there's multiple seasons. It's You're like in for a, a treat. Oh really? Yeah, it's like an it's an eighties CBS comedy. Like you can watch it with the family. Like there's no oh, yeah. Okay. Just, it was I, like an evening sitcom, yeah. Okay, I thought it was gonna be like what women want with Skinamax type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> no, I was like, it's like, like the like Golden a... Girls, but not in California or Florida. It's in it's like yeah. It's, it's like, like the Deep South. Deep South. Uh, it's like it's Georgia, I think. I think they're in Atlanta. I believe oh. it is Georgia. Kind of on a plantation. Kind, uh-huh. uh, but it's modern. It's in like, I don't know, 87, 88 or something. <laughs> no, like it's like of the time, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, cool, cool, it's, cool. it's, 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 it's funny. It's fucking funny. Check it. I will check this out. I'll, check, I'll definitely check this out. I, no I, idea I'd be talking about that show. Today. <laughs> yeah, I was actually just joking. But uh, no, <laughs> it is kind of a, it's, it's an overlooked gem from the It time. really is. Oh, uh, okay. I see. Uh, oh, I, the blouses. Feel, oh. <laughs> you know, like, this is a funny thing. Like, I've been, like, with the fashion in the show, I usually, like, me and my girlfriend talk about it. And it's, like, very. Well, the show is very fashion forward as well. So I, there's a lot of stuff, times that I'm just like, hey, you know, that's a really nice shirt. And it, it's, I don't know, it's of the times, obviously, the show, Dollface. And uh, I would recommend it. It's a, it's a very smart show. Uh, it does talk about, like, the defini- like the actual definition of feminism, uh, which it's just treat people good. <laughs> Next thing that I watch, uh, actually, it's the start of the feminist movement. And that is like, have you heard of Miss America, uh, starring Kate Blanchett, uh, Rose Byrne, uh, fucking d- so many fucking people in this show that I just remember the two uh, marquee names, 
and this is the start of it and it's through the eyes of a conservative woman trying to stop the women's movement and it's so fucking catty like between these two like obviously opposing forces but it's so fucking mind-boggling and so many things are like that we kind of like moralistically stand on now it's just like which side had better hair oh these beautiful conservative women (laughs) (laughs) was it nice and big uh yeah 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 Uh, some of them were like uh rose burns character shit i forgot her name gaiman i think uh it's kind of like frizzy and a little bit puffed out and i'm like all right this is this is fine you know it's like it's it's like you know it's the death of the innocence like right after that (laughs) so it is pretty fucking like jarring to watch this show especially I, i don't know if you like seeing these things like you know they're saying like you know before you know it they're gonna be having unisex restrooms and they're gonna be wanting like abortions like everywhere and like they're just fighting for their fucking rights you know like all this time like it's been fucking 100 years now that women have been fighting for their fucking rights and it's still the same fucking like problem and it's just mind mind fucking boggling uh, it's really, really fucking good. I really enjoy the shit out of this show. Uh, it comes out on FX. Uh, now that I think I'm just going to watch something that, along with what we do in the shadow, so I could be like, all right, cool. Now I, I need to get really serious about history. Um, and then I started watching Run on HBO. Um, oh, Dom Hall Gleason and the other the girl. Marit. Mir- I think that's how you pronounce her yes. name, Marit. Yes. Have you yes. seen this? No, but I I know I, it looks interesting. It actually looks pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the trailers for it. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty good. So that like while while watching Dollface, this ad came out a lot. It, it's what caught our attention. From what I get gathered, because it's only two episodes so far, uh, so I'm really with it right now. Like with being caught up with shows. Uh, this is a woman that has kind of like a boring life, and she gets this text message from somebody she knew when she was younger and then they meet up in new york and go on a train ride and essentially that's the premise of these two episodes but between Dommel gleason and marie i'm gonna marie the the girl the marie weaver uh there's so much fucking tension like you could feel like how horny they are for each other (laughs) and it's fucking like the act the acting between these two actors is fucking great the tension's really really good there is like i feel like there's so much sexual tension that i just want uh, every single episode i'm just yelling fucking kiss and fuck already because i can't fucking take it anymore uh it's my hand is so tired (laughs) yeah exactly uh it's really really it's a very interesting show i want to see where it goes um they better go to the fucking fuck shack yeah, fuck yeah, for sure. I want I want them to fuck hard uh, and lovingly, <laughs> but uh, passionately. Yeah, passion. yeah, passionately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, passionately. Uh, <laughs> fucking hard. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I think that's the only thing that's really carrying me so far is the interest in the show and the sexual tension between the two main characters. Um, it, it's just. I, I don't know. I, you know, usually by the second episode, you kind of have an idea where it's going, but even the trailers like kind of like don't give you too much or so I'm just here. Week by, by the trailers, it's two horny people on a train that are definitely like attracted to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you like seeing horny people being attracted to each other, definitely, <laughs> definite fucking record. Uh, I worked in a call center for a long time. I saw a lot of that. <laughs> I was say, speaking of working in a porno shop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, the, and then uh, I we were watching weed movies uh, throughout the week, and I was like, you know what? I want to watch a fun movie. Uh, not that the weed movies we were watching were not fun, but this I just wanted to kind of like a change of pace a bit. So, me and my, I introduced my girlfriend to The Nice Guys, starring, I can't remember his name, and Ryan Gosling. Russell Crowe. Uh-huh. Russell Crowe, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sorry about that, Russell Crowe. Uh, and thank you, Blake. You're welcome. <laughs> um, it's a neo-noir film, and I just enjoy this film. I, I don't know if you guys... Have you guys seen this movie? Oh, I love it. It's, like, super overlooked. Like, I, I don't... Yeah. yeah, I have no idea how 
not everyone in the world is either. This is a great movie. <laughs> yes. It's really, really great. It has a really good um just a little story to follow through the the loopholes that t- not the loopholes but the, the the loops it takes you. It's a very fun ride. There's very unexpected things. My girlfriend, when a certain plot line or plot happens, she was like, "Oh, I was not expecting that." And I feel for a noir film, it kind of changed the rules a little bit. So I, I you know, we don't really like we kind of missed out on like some of our favorite noir films, and I want to put that in like a very high list. Uh, of neo-noir films um but the acting between russell crowe and uh, ryan gosling is really really good as well they have a really good chemistry speaking of chemistry where you know you could see how much impatient russell crowe is with uh, ryan gosling's character it's really really good just character acting on both parts um and then the last thing i watched is what everybody's been watching since sports are gone uh i to quote last a friend of, yeah last to quote, to quote our friend Pablo, he was horny for this content. Uh, <laughs> he so was. I'm just going to say this right now. That is my word for today. Horny content. <laughs> ah! It's just like <laughs> Gibby's Playhouse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this uh, the first two episodes came out on Sunday on ESPN. If, you, if we have international listeners holler uh but you guys get it on, on netflix um if not you have to hunt it down like some skeevy person which <laughs> i did um so i have a first question here i know pat doesn't pay for cable anymore do you still pay for cable uh blake uh no i do not I haven't for years okay okay cool so there's so many different ways to fucking get this show and either you you know do the bootlegging, renting it, which I don't recommend. But, you know, this show's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks on Netflix, and I think this is probably one of the best things. Now, I'm not the biggest sports fan. That's why I think before the show I asked you if you've seen it. So I could kind of, like, carry along with this conversation, but this is going to be very Danny, like, non-watch sports. Everybody grew, everybody grew up with Michael Jack. Uh, oh, Michael Jack. Oh Michael. God, here we're off to a great start. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, uh, Michael Jordan, MJ, the airness, uh, his airness, um, his airness, and uh, it is the first episode is about essentially him growing up, how he got to the Bulls, and we are introduced to the vilification of Jerry. Kraus, Klaus, Kraus, Jerry Kraus, Kraus, yeah, and yeah. So we get this like this the last year of the of the Bulls well, with the MJ, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rotman. We get introduced to all the players and the general ma- uh, manager, and it's just like this whole headbutting, and it's very interesting on in how you get michael jordan to be who we i guess we've always known to be this fucking great player and everybody's just like saying how he like he how like determined hardworking he's always been and that how he butted heads and this is something i never knew especially because you know i never really researched more than what i already saw up front with michael jordan and the the you know the 90s bulls and this is like this world shattering like thing and the way that documentation this documentary is or docuseries is it's fucking it's just really well made it's like a 30 it's i feel like it's made from the 30 for 30 for 30 people um and then the second episode it's about scotty pippen and how he's always been like the number two player for for jordan and it's funny that the second episode highlights that Bec- and it everyone just calls you- that the worst episode. The people that have seen all of it. They're like, not nah, the second I, episode's boring. It, it's just it doesn't go anywhere. And the thing is, is that like in the middle of the whole episode, it focuses on like Michael Jordan's childhood, hmm. and it's just weird. Like taking the limelight from Scottie Pippen, who had probably the worst deal of NBA history. Like you know. Oh, he was the worst deal. That, that fool had the best deal. <laughs> yeah, he, okay. he had the greatest deal. He got to play with Michael Jordan. When well, multiple, got... People people thought he was great. Like, and he was a great defender. He, went... he was an amazing he defender. Was. Well, I mean, I, I mean, just feel like monetary-wise. To... Oh, monetary. Well, monetary. You know, yeah, I mean, that's on Pip. <laughs> yeah, that's well, his yeah, fault. He should have got a better agent because uh, 
Jordan was woefully underpaid, and he's a billionaire. <laughs> you know what they showed though? They uh, Pip and Jordan made not too dissimilar money for most of their careers together. Um, it was only the last two years Jordan was there that he was making like thirty million bucks, and Pip was making like the same he always made. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, it sucked. But then as soon as Jordan split, Pip went and got paid by Portland and Houston. So it's like and you know, Houston. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to well, hear yeah, Pip yeah. complain. <laughs> I I have no I have no pity for Scottie Pippen. I no. I wish I had that guy's luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> play with Michael Jordan. Shit. Well, yeah, don't know sports. Well, I mean, it's like <laughs> the way that the show like is saying it, like it's monetary wise, like, you know, 18 million for seven years is it's the worst thing. Yeah, I'll take it. Shit. But I mean, I mean all right, I'll take it. <laughs> well, that and that's what my girlfriend was saying. Like, you know, like at 18, you have this, you know, 18 million up front. You're you're not going to take it. Like, it's going to be there. But now. Seven years later, you have six championships under your five championships under your belt. You know, why aren't you not asking money? And I'm there with you, like, all right, he played with Jordan, you know, he played with two other teams afterwards. But, you know, at the time, he's still not like he's he's even like holding out, like by doing like his, uh, and I thought that was kind of like petty, I guess. Like he had an injury, he didn't like get it ready by summer. So he's doing it like during the season. And then he's like, you know what, I want to be traded out. Tell you what, though. So I, it's interesting to hear this perspective because, as somebody who was a diehard Michael Jordan fan growing up, like paid every bit of attention to this. Like you're talking about, like I was there. I remember all this shit. <laughs> and yeah. trust me, that was shit was in the news. It was definitely in the news. Yeah, nobody was, yeah. fucking gave a rat's ass about fucking Scottie Pippen or any of the rest of those guys. It had every. Yeah. It was just Jordan, dude. It, Jordan was so. He was the dominant political or uh, sports figure in the world, yeah. and by a wide margin, nobody ever cared about those guys. And and I yeah. see that, and I see it too, like the way that the how the documentary like goes back to Jordan, like for a good portion of the sh- of that episode, like you know the like, okay, we heard Pippin's story now. Let's move on to uh, Jordan's. Uh, what is this childhood? Yeah, we'll talk about the childhood right here. And, you know, they talk about his late father. They, you know, they just go on and on. And it's very interesting, like, to see how Jordan grew up. And I feel like, again, because you only, you know, this is a nostalgia kind of watch for me. But not knowing, you know, who the f- I, I was fucking watching fucking cartoons and playing with toys in the fucking 90s. Yeah, Jordan was fucking there. And yes, also I had 2020. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm not follow. I, I mentioned this many times before. I don't follow basketball for the, like, you know, 110% of the time. So these names to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, I rec- recognize that. Like when I recognize C- Steve Kerr, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a coach for the, and I was like, for that Dude. team. Yeah, dude, and, that's my favorite player growing up. Like, I love Jordan, but like Steve Kerr was because he was like a white dude that shot threes, and that's what I was. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I didn't want to go down low, man. I just I want to jack it up from outside. So, I love yeah, Steve Kerr. Yeah, yeah dude. I've always like, that entire team. It's actually they've all gone. B.J. Armstrong's like a really high executive in the NBA now. There's a lot of those guys that yeah. you know they went on to do cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I really do. If you haven't, or if you don't know that much about the the you know, the, the last year of the Bulls, I think it, this is a really well-documented show and it's ESPN. And I honestly feel like if you're, if you have, if you don't have ESPN plus and you don't have like, you know, all the 30 for thirties, I highly recommend watching this show, you know, catch it on Sunday nights. There's two hours, you know, what are you doing? Like, honestly, it's, it's a very good show. Um, and yeah, that's, that's all I say. And, you will hear more of my Michael Jordan adventures next week here on uh, what is this adventures in movies adventures and movies. Um, <laughs> so I watched, uh, I'll start with unsolved mysteries. I've been watching a lot of unsolved mysteries. Nice. Um, yeah. And like kind of same era, 1989 is when it started. I went to the way back and started back then. And uh, I, you know, I'll have to talk a lot about uns- unsolved mysteries, Robert stack, eerie theme song mysteries. <laughs> they talk <laughs> unsolved, <laughs> unsolved ones. Uh, but it's cool, actually. It's such a, it's a perfect background noise, and it's also like when it gets intriguing and you pay attention, they do such a good job of uh, 
telling the story, which is always interesting. But I do crack up on some of the reenactments um, uh, <laughs> that you see. Hilarious. Oh, my God. They can be so it's like, where the fuck did they find these people? I love it. Like, I, I want to know where this casting department was. And then the other crazy thing about like the ones in like 1989, they'll be like talking about like mysteries from like 1920. And they'll be like, well, let's talk to her. <laughs> like there's this old lady it's like holy shit that old lady is still alive and like they're talking to her about it but uh it, it's pretty entertaining i would definitely and i think amazon prime has like every bit of it on uh streaming if you have uh the prime service so definitely check that out it's a great great expenditure if you uh want to watch something uh and then i watched uh so this just released i've talked about it. i've been a big gamer my entire life and uh man i don't know if any game caught my attention when i was 10 quite like Mortal Kombat did. Um, Danny, I know you're a big gamer. Pat, you too. Um, what's uh, how early? How far back do you go with Mortal Kombat? Because I re- I remember going down to the Big Eight and Fabens to play the arcade down there. They Mortal Kombat one. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would go down there to play it. I'd go to Lower Valley. I remember uh, uh, laundry mat. I remember I would walk home from uh, walk home from school from uh, H E Charles, and there was a Circle K on the way there, and they had two games there. Um, the ones that I remember the most are they had the four-player Turtles in Time one, and eventually they got the Simpsons one, and maybe I got the order mixed up. But that's the first time I ever saw Mortal Kombat 2. And I remember, you know, getting out from school or whatever, 3, 3.30, and being there till like... And there'd be a crowd of kids yeah. there just watching people play like 6 o'clock, 6.30, and just wanting to see the fatalities and being yeah. amazed when they'd knock people off the bridge and... It was just yeah. the craziest, craziest thing I had ever seen. Um, I'm not into fighting. I wasn't into fighting games then, and I'm not into them now because I'm just not good at them. And it's no fun to constantly get your ass beat. True. But man, I really love watching it. And Mortal Kombat was <laughs> it was something else. It was good, yeah. good fun. That was super. It, Danny. Uh, did you? Uh, I know you had some consoles and stuff too. Did you, were you a big console player of Mortal Kombat? I definitely was. Mortal Kombat yes. two in particular. Mortal Kombat two for the NES, uh, Super NES was I think the one that I had, and I think it wasn't until, I think we played Mortal Kombat together on the PlayStation 4. That was mm-hmm. the last time that I played it. Yeah. Like, so what was that? Mortal Kombat X? Uh, yeah, I think it was Mortal Kombat so X. Th- that was the last the last one I owned, and then I think I sold it because I was like, I don't really, I don't I don't have other people to play with, and I'm, I'm, and I'm terrible online. <laughs> yeah, so, it's just so hard. Yeah, fuck yeah, for sure. Uh, at least I'm not losing fucking six bucks anymore. The motherfuckers <laughs> whooping my ass. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, same, same. Totally grew up with it. I even have it on my Switch. I have Mortal Kombat 11 or whatever it is. And I probably played it like twice. Um, but super nostalgic to me. And so there's a movie out uh, straight to uh, streaming services. Uh, I think you can buy it right now. Uh, it's called Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. And so one of the most iconic characters, obviously, from the uh, entire series, I think he's been in literally every iteration, Yes, uh, is the character Scorpion. And uh, he's always, one of the things I've always liked about it is how ridiculous and overtop the, the actual quote-unquote story is to this thing. And Scorpion's always had, like, the good, the cool, and like, oh, he got, uh, he gets, uh, his family gets murdered, he and his family get murdered, and he's, uh, he's, like, basically, like, Ghost Rider. He's, like, uh, Coming out of hell, bad out of hell, it's a secret revenge, right? And so it's always been the same case. They've always just kind of added on that as the story goes on each game. And so this movie is kind of like, all right, it's a whole telling of that. Um, but with all the, all the characters you could possibly imagine they've always that they've added throughout the years, they kind of make this homogenous, okay, well, now here's the, with all this other stuff we've added now, here's the original origin <laughs> story. Yeah, and um, they go out of their way to make it like the game, which I thought was cool. So, like, in the modern game, like, there's, like, the X-ray hit. So, like, when they do something brutal, like, it'll, like, flash to, like, an X-ray of, like, a person's jaw getting shattered to a million pieces and stuff like that. They totally do that in this uh, in this movie. It's a cartoon animated show and uh, or movie. And uh, they incredibly violent no anybody who's like ah they probably toned down the violence no it's it's incredibly <laughs> violent uh completely over the top violence uh just like what you'd expect from a modern mortal Kombat product and uh kind of had it on in the background not gonna lie i didn't really pay too much attention to it while it was on but uh a feast for the eyes and uh kind of an interesting way to to combine all this stuff uh over the years and uh 
Go ahead. Somebody. Was I was, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was. I'm sorry. It has a great voice cast already. Oh no! I'm so glad you brought that up. It, <laughs> it has incredible. Uh, Johnny Cage is Joel McHale. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's yeah. Awesome. No, it's really cool. And then uh, Jennifer Carpenter is uh, Sonia, who Sonia barely barely talks in it, but okay, okay, okay. get Jennifer Carpenter to do that. Uh, but yeah, Joel McHale is pretty hilarious. Johnny Cage is such a dipshit character. <laughs> it has Kevin Michael Richardson, which is uh, the voice of like Darth Vader in other media and like in cartoon media. Oh, and, like, is really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then uh, Steve Bloom, who is the voice of Spike Spiegel from. Um, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. Is that right? No, yeah, he's a he's a Sub Zero, I think. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's got all the it's got all the hits. It's got all the hits. It's got a cameo from old Shao Kahn there at the end. If you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, you're really gonna like it. Trust me. I am so down for this. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. <laughs> and then the other one, which is a completely shameless segue into our main topic, um, I watched. I guess it's called Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke, but it's just Up in Smoke. Up in Smoke. Up yeah. in Smoke, which I think is from 1977, 78, 1978. Um, and man, uh, I guess uh, Cheech and Chong had uh, they'd released multiple albums by this point uh, of their comedy, um, and this is kind of just a bizarre mishmash of of scenes. <laughs> it's like they they have a loose story. And it's like okay, there's these two burnouts. And they kind of run about town trying to score weed is is predominantly the whole thing. And uh, there's these cops that get involved. Um, and ultimately, absolutely still hilarious. Uh, I've all, this is probably that's why I kind of move stuff around here. the the uh, the first, probably the very first true Stoner movie I ever watched was this up in smoke. And uh, so I mean, that was probably when I was like twelve or something, ten, eleven, twelve. and uh, Completely holds up. It's still really funny. A lot of the jokes are still... I mean, they're just dumb. It's just dumb stoner humor, and there's just something about that that's always uh, held up really well. So, yeah, that's that's what I checked out. What did, uh, what's y'all's first uh, What's y'all's first stoner movie, maybe? Oh, man, I, first stoner I, movie. Yeah, I don't... I, I, I've mentioned Pink Floyd's The Wall. I think that might be my first stoner movie. But, like... You have to be stoned for it, like that. I don't know, like if you mean like like a stoner, like stone, like a stoner comedy, like um, with that shit, like Up in Smoke. Like I can't really remember. Maybe like something with Bill Murray, like Strikes. Well, if maybe? you get away from uh, or in, in Caddyshack, no, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, if you get away from uh, like like getting away from the Cheech and Chong stuff, because that was like the first stuff for sure that I that's just outright, you know, we're gonna get fucked up on weed. Um, <laughs> the first one that I um, if it's not Fast Times at Richmond High with Spicoli, then uh, and that's not even the whole thing, then it would probably be Friday to be honest with you. Really, well, it would like... be. Uh, I was thinking probably when you guys would say, um, uh, oh God, it's complete uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Uh, oh, Days and Confused. Oh, Days and Confused. Yeah. I yeah. think Days and Confused came later because Friday. Uh, I saw Friday first. Friday? No way. No, Days yeah. and Confused is before Friday. It's a few years no. before Friday. But the way I saw it, because my dad was okay. So my dad oh, forced me to watch okay. Friday because uh, <laughs> he was like, "Oh, this is like Cheech and Chong," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> it's I didn't know, so I think I watched one of the Cheech and Chong like movies, and then I watched Friday. And my dad's like, see, this is like just racist thing here. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, yeah, those, I think that's the way I really like remember seeing Cheech and Chong and like Friday. Like, and then like as a teenager, like way more, I saw Days and Confused. So like that, that's well, why. It, well, that's for me, like, like there's, there's a big gap between Cheech and Chong and uh, Friday because um, I really don't like stoner movies i i I just i don't get the like cheech and chong movies are are, they're funny but for the most part like i can't even think of any right now because i don't really get the humor i mean i get it but it's just not funny to me so um it wasn't until i saw that and i'm sure there might have been something in between there but um because in the 80s whenever someone would in a movie would you know smoke weed it would just be ridiculously over like they'd see colors and stuff like like they were on lsd or something so the first time I saw, I guess, a legit weed movie that I that wasn't a Cheech and Chong movie that I actually did enjoy. What I'm thinking it was Friday. Um, it might have been Days and Confused. Um, 
Yeah, that's a weed movie. I, I, I didn't like that one. Always, yeah. It always, I think of the, you know the kid, the whole you know, Martha Washington packed him a bowl. That's a good wife, or yeah, yeah, all that. But <laughs> how I remember that movie is, you know, the kid trying not to get paddled, and then Matthew McConaughey saying, uh, "You know what I like about high school girls is, as I get older, they stay the same age." <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I see Days like, and Confused as a coming of age story more than a weed movie, though. Like that's oh, but it's it like is, definitely but... like a burnout stoner fucking like your burnout stoner crowd in high school was definitely okay. like a fan of Days. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know and I mean? even like um, you know, the Big Lebowski afterwards is to me that's more of a a mystery and character study. But I mean, you know, like stoners love that. that movie. Totally, totally, yeah. I think there's a whole slew of movies that aren't necessarily revolving around drugs or being a pothead that are total pothead uh, movies. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? for sure. Well, yeah, there's absolutely. a for me when 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 last week you were like you know you just put weed as a movie. <laughs> so the first thing I thought of was um Jay. I thought of two movies. I thought uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back mm-hmm. because um the first time I saw that movie I thought it was hilarious. I, I thought it was like like the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Um, but at the time I kind of liked all that insider stuff. Over the years, I kind of started disliking humor that was way too inside. Sure. Like you kind of, if you're on the outside, then it's really hard. And all the movie references and all that. Like, if you're just a casual person, there's no way you can enjoy that movie. There's absolutely <laughs> no way you can. So the other movie I thought of, which I think, and it's more recent, but I think it will hold up over the same amount of time, is uh, this is the end, and um, that's with you know Danny McBride and James oh, Franco and Michael Sarah. Wouldn't have thought and, of that. Uh, and those dudes are, you know, th- those are the Pineapple Express guys, right? So like. Yeah. This is the end, I think, is hilarious. And, you know, it starts with within, what, 90 seconds if they roll their first joint. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first, <laughs> you know, 15 minutes is them just smoking out and listening to the Backstreet Boys. Um, but it's also a really, really funny movie. It's actors playing themselves. Um, yeah. It's the end of the world. Uh, I mean, just Danny McBride's great in it when he's him and James Franco are arguing and James Franco is talking about, like, I forgot what Danny McBride wants to do. He wants to burn some of James Franco's paintings or something for heat. And James Franco's talking about the value, and Danny McBride tells him, like, uh, you got that green goblin money, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's, that one's really, really good. I, I like that. Yeah, I think there's, like, definitely a delineation between, like, the de- the true blue stoner movies and like some of them definitely hold up better than others like um uh, some of the ones that come to mind like i i half baked is was like the like i went to go see that before i knew what weed was like i was like a kid we snuck in and we watched it and we all laughed at the jokes but like none of us we were just we didn't know why we were laughing at the jokes i don't but... think that held up well it does not that was exactly what i was about to say that movie doesn't hold up well at all but i would say like friday it's still a fucking funny movie to yeah. me. I, I still like Friday. There's a couple though that I still to this day, um, and I've mentioned it before. Like my college days, we spent a lot of time watching, sitting around watching stoner movies. You know, for one, <laughs> for one reason or the other. Okay, and so <laughs> there's there's one that is truly, and it, I've seen it not that long ago, and it's still just so fucking funny to me. Method Man and how Red high? Man. Oh, how high? <laughs> how high? I've been wanting to watch that movie for the longest time. Have you ever seen it? Yes. Like oh, okay. I, I, just, I feel Perfect. like because there's a how how high two. Yeah, and... it just came out. It's not got good reviews. Okay. Yeah, I've, and I'm like, no, just give me how high. <laughs> not like how, how high, which was critically loved. I'm sure. Oh shit, dude! But he, Method Man and Red Man go to Harvard. Are you kidding me? The Rockweiler. <laughs> yeah. They fucking put their friends' ashes in a weed plant that gets people extra high. Uh, dude, it's iconic. It is one of the, and it is truly fucking hilarious uh, to this day. I mean, those guys actually have really good chemistry. Yeah, they do. They do. Well, they're cousins, so um, are they really? Oh shit, I don't know. That. Yeah, yeah. Red Man's an unofficial member of Wu Tang Clan, but um, yeah. uh, what's it called? Uh, speaking of iconic moments in, um, I think it's the first scary movie where oh, it's uh, one of the Wayne's Yeah, they're they're smoking weed, and the killer has the mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and it and gets all high. Like, yeah, the face change. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then there's and, a whole moment where there's like a trifid weed plant that rolls up the one dude and smokes him. Yeah, yeah. He smokes the dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. Oh my also, god. 
Pineapple Express is like I think the quintessential, oh, Mount Rushmore. Like, Mount Rushmore. And that like Danny McBride, I know I mentioned he's so him and Seth Rogen have a great chemistry, but I love the scene where they first and I believe Seth Rogen is like uh he he delivers a warrants, doesn't he? Or yes, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he serves for like a collection serves people, yes, he serves people. And he's talking to uh, uh Danny uh Danny McBride who's a dealer and he's just like He's just in his his uh, robe or whatever. And Danny McBride's like, "Hey man, you gotta chill out." He's like, "What are you wearing there?" And Seth Rogen tells him a, a suit. And then Danny McBride just <laughs> looks at him and goes, "Kimono dog." <laughs> like stuff like that is like I like if you're not high, it's funny. But I mean, yep. if you're it's, stoned, it's probably fucking hilarious. That movie starts, item nine. How we all everyone's got to try item nine. Like, uh, that movie's literally laugh out loud funny through yeah. the entire entire thing. Uh, yeah, there, man, there's so many. I was talking about Strange Wilderness. That's another f- pretty funny one. But Grandma's Boy, definitely Grandma's on the list of like yeah. just ridiculously dumb stoner comedies. Um, like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Uh, Harold, <laughs> Kumar, yeah. Harold and Kumar, the first one is so, so funny. And it's then the so Guantanamo funny. Bay one is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened there, like at all. But it just totally, but the first one is great. Um, really, really good. Yeah, and like uh, it's funny now, but when it came out, it was as serious as serious gets. But Reefer Madness <laughs> right. is so good. I mean, um, I know that they have uh, you know all kinds of riff tracks and MST3K stuff for it, but just watching it as a standalone film is it's so funny to see the perception of marijuana back in what 1929 or 1930 oh, or whenever yeah. that was. I think the 40s or 50s. Yeah, it's it's so hilarious, and uh, you know it has the whole like the guys. I, I'm thinking the most famous part is the guy gets high and people are talking. And he just goes, "Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up." Is... <laughs> and then there's like the one girl who just can't stop laughing. So it's like yeah, she's got the the hysteria. <laughs> I actually, I that's like a whole era of that kind of like, and now you've like find that shit like in the stoner section of like the rental movie store, which exists now, right? People still go, <laughs> yeah, we <they> do. <laughs> Boy, I, that just, I just dawned on me as I was saying that I was like, huh, actually, there's no, there's no sections for that anymore at all. You have an interesting topic on here though, Pat. Um, appeal to non-pot people. Um, that's a, that's an interesting thing i and i never really thought about that do you have you can you think of something that it's like a, a stoner movie that would appeal to like other people i can think of one the only one we already discussed is friday but then like stuff like like your highness which is like straight up you know oh, it's God, a pun on being ridiculous. and Wait, that highness. movie like um unless you want to see natalie portman you know oh, bathing under a waterfall that oh, yeah. movie like, sucked it, it just yeah it didn't work for me at all like uh, I had no interest in seeing it, and actually, Pineapple Express. Um, right now, you know, I was talking like lovingly of it, but uh, I had no interest in seeing it whatsoever. Like, really? I, I think the problem with nah, not really, and I like the cast. I, I didn't like the cast, but I had no interest in seeing it because of what I knew it was about. But um, the uh, yeah, like I, I was wondering, like, because like we were talking about earlier, like I'm just not a fan of stoner comedy, so I was I was wondering. Yeah, like I think that it's they're really popular and they're really funny and people know. But I think and I think this could be a topic for another show. I think a lot of these stoner movies are movies that people say they've seen, even though they actually haven't seen them. Because, I mean, why the hell would someone watch How High unless they're into like Wu-Tang Clan, you know? Uh, That's that's how I got. That's how I (laughs) watched How High. But yeah, you you do put like a, a like. You have a point with it, like how? Why would a lot of people watch watch it? But I feel like at least with the like the what is it the uh, the I can't think of the name now. Like the Will Ferrell movies, like the Todd the Phillips big... movies, like uh, what were the you old, saying? Old school, that kind of shit. Yeah, old school, like uh, Road Trip. They these like these sex raunchy, sex driven movies. They always offered some sort of drug uses especially like with big names like will ferrell like seth rogan you know they kind of like drive that kind of like point to especially seth rogan but these are things that like you're like oh yeah like that's that's funny and i think like what we've had now in like in the last 20 years they've been smarter i guess with how they like well it's just like a really expertly done comedy like like, well, and I won't say this is the end is like an expertly done comedy, but it is fucking funny. 
and it is well done. And for my mom is actually a huge fan of the, this is the end, which I find kind of like hilarious, like for the, some of the content in that movie. But um, one movie that like stuck, sticks out in my mind that I'm like, oh, my mom and dad both fucking love that movie. And they're, trust me, they're not flower children. <laughs> they're definitely not that type of person. Um, but it's Animal House, I think, is oh. like an iconic. Oh, yeah. uh, but it's really, it's so well fucking done. The acting's really good. Uh, the story's funny no matter who you are. And uh, right. that would be the, that would be the one that, but the, I think that just bodes well for good comedies. You know, good comedies kind of just appeals to everybody, whether it be, you know, a raunchy sex comedy is one thing, but. You know, college. You know, it's just a bunch of young dumbasses being dumbasses, which is which is funny. Yeah, and and um, Animal House is like such a trend center. And yeah, it, it kind of invented that entire. Well, Correct. the movie that really made me think of it just came out. Um, it came out in the past few years, but uh, really it has big name actors, and it. it's Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. But American Ultra, Ultra, yeah, I've never, oh, never I've seen ne- that. I've movie. never seen it. Yeah, you never seen uh, it. You know, I've it's never. Seen I have, I have no interest bad. in watching him. It's not bad. Like, Considering I, the cast, I'm sure it's not. But I mean, I know what it's about, so I just, you know, just I don't, it doesn't appeal to me on that level. Like I just don't want to watch it. Like the 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 what has a red mark for me. It was uh, done by Max Landis. Oh, that was. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, uh, I that's what only I held off, and then one day I was like, you know what? I'll put it on the background, and it got my attention for you know like. 90% of this film. And so, I mean, it's not, you know, all right, Stoner's a super spy. Cool. Like, it's a, it's Jason Bourne. And it's a set, like, it's just that. And the plot's kind of forgettable. But, you know, like, if you're just want to have something in the background and want to have fun with a movie, this is that. It's just forget about Max Landis writing this movie. Oh, I what he did. Uh, uh, oh, he's, he, like a, he did. he's like a rapist or something. Oh, that's right. That's right. He also did a documentary. He did a bunch of wrestling documentaries. That's a, like little shorts. That's what it was. We've been talking a lot of shit about the Landis family lately. <laughs> <laughs> he directed the thriller. He gets a pass. Every week, every Saturday, you can find us here. Uh, the rest of the week, you can go to adventuresinportaste.com where you can find all our other podcasts. We have uh, Talking Tauntauns, which is our Star Wars podcast. We have our comics podcast, and we have uh, Poor Taste Wrestling. Um, you can also catch up with reviews and articles we have on the site. Um, Dagan mentioned uh, Spike Spiegel. And we, uh, Rory Wilding wrote an article about why you should binge watch um, Cowboy Bebop right now. Also, Adventures in Movies is on YouTube. Check us out. And we have a spinoff show. It's America, uh, Adventures in Movies looks at dot, dot, dot. Um, last week, we looked at Exorcist 3. This week, we're going to be talking about a little movie called 499 uh spoiler alert that movie is pretty pretty great in my opinion uh while you guys are hitting and toking it up because it's still april and you should be doing your part in doing drugs or not uh you can follow us at adventures and movies on twitter over at aapt movies or you can follow us individually uh you can find nathaniel or pat as i like to call him on instagram at nathan Portaste. you can find me danny on twitter and instagram at default underscore player and you can find blake the terrorizer yeah on, i like that one <laughs> on twitter at, over at for i'd horror <laughs> <laughs> that's right and so uh just for kicks we thought this would be fun uh we're gonna do next week we're gonna do movies that give you the munchies Movies that make you hungry. And you can check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. You can go to the website and find our podcast and YouTube videos there. You can go to YouTube. Check us out there. Uh, Stitcher, you can't find a video. And I don't even know if you can find the podcast. But uh, what the hell? If you have it, might as well give it a shot. So make sure to give us a rating. uh, Tell a friend to listen. That's our cue. We'll talk to you next week. Soak it up. Adios. Adios.